Colossians, the first chapter, verse 24. And I will not get out of this verse today. We will only do one. Um, I think it's perfect timing, this verse. The Word of God says, in the King James Version, Keisha, who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. Who now rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind of the afflictions of Christ in my flesh for his body's sake, which is the church. I want to speak to you from the topic today, God's comfort in times of suffering. God's comfort in times of suffering. We are returning to a very familiar theme. I've preached on it before, and that subject is suffering through trials and It's the subject of pain and the subject of disappointment and agony and and things that go wrong in this world and the things that we go through. This subject is mentioned over and over in the letters of the church simply because the apostles suffered so much for the sake of Christ. As he was preaching the gospel over and over again, he dealt with many trials. Amen? Amen. And he is writing to tell the church, not just then to the Colossians, but the church now in this present age, writing to tell the church that they should understand that suffering is something that believers will not be able to escape. Amen? Now, something to keep in mind here as we examine this verse And I've preached on it before, and I know you all are praying for me. Thank you so much. This verse should not be divorced from its context. The Apostle Paul just got through exalting Christ as the supreme power, the supreme creator, the supreme authority in the known and unknown universe. Then he briefly makes this statement about suffering, Colossians 1.24. Again, who now rejoice? Paul says, I rejoice in my sufferings for you and fill up that which is behind. King James Version uses that word behind, which is lacking, which is left over for the church to do of the afflictions of Christ in my body for, uh, in, in, in my flesh rather, for his body's sake, which is the church. Get me the same version, I mean the same verse rather, in a different version. Get me the English Standard Version. I did this for a reason. The English Standard Version says, now I rejoice in my sufferings for your sake and in my flesh I am filling up What is lacking in Christ's afflictions for the sake of his body that is the church? Now, that's a strange way of saying that. What he's not saying is that he is making up for what Christ could not do in terms of salvation. What Christ did on the cross is done. It is finished. 
It was more than enough to take care of our sins. It was more than enough to take us out of the kingdom of darkness and put us into the kingdom of the marvelous light. It was more than enough to enable us to be Christians, to be saved from the wrath of God. It was more than enough to pay for everything that you did wrong, everything that I did wrong, everything that you will do wrong, all the stuff that you did in your past, present, and future. Christ's currency, the blood of Jesus Christ, was more than enough to settle this thing once and forever. He paid for our sins one, one time and one time only, and he never needed to do it again. Amen? It was a payment that took care of all of our sins. He's not saying that he is filling up on what is lacking in the afflictions of Christ for the sake of the church because he could not save us. What he's saying is he is filling up what is left over. What is left over. Let's make it a little bit clear because I think all three versions make good points. Colossians 1, 24... New Living Translation. Now I'm glad when I suffer for you in my body, for I am participating, you see it? In the sufferings of Christ, and I love this word, that continue for his body, the church. Ah. Now, I did that for a reason because I want you to see something. They all pretty much say the same thing. But this last version, I believe, settles this thought in your mind. This suffering thing is to be expected. This suffering will continue until the day that Christ returns. Amen? Now, pause and calmly think about that. This is something that we will go through. Wow. Wow. 1 Peter 4, 12, and 13, King James Version. 1 Peter 4, 12, and 13. And Pastor Rick just quoted it. Beloved, think it not strange concerning the fiery trial. My dad taught us the fiery trial is the one long trial that just keeps going and keeps going and keeps going. And, right? It's not a one-time cir- uh, circumstance. Amen. Not a one-time happens. It's not a one-time issue. The fiery trial, which is to try you as though some strange thing has happened unto you. Verse 13 says, but rejoice inasmuch as ye are partakers, participating, right, of Christ's sufferings. That when his glory shall be revealed, ye may be, also, ye may be glad also with exceeding joy. And then John 15 18 through 21 says this. John 15, 18 through 21, King James Version. If the world hate you, you know that it hated me before it hated you, right? If ye were of the world, the world would love its own. But because ye are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Remember the word that I said unto you. The servant is not greater than his Lord. If they have persecuted me, they will also persecute you. If they have kept my saying, they will keep yours also. 
But all these things will they do unto you for my name's sake. You're suffering for the sake of Christ. Because why? They know not him that sent me. They don't know God. I snatched you out of darkness, brought you into light, and the reason why you're going through stuff with people that persecute you is because they're not in the same place as you. They don't know God. They can't help it. There was a one point in time, and it was the one point in time when you couldn't help it. But God snatched you out of that kingdom, snatched you out of the grasp of Satan, and now you see things clearly and you're going in a different direction. Amen? Help me, Holy Spirit, to stay on track. So here's the thing. Will the church be united to Christ and somehow be able to bypass <laughs> the sufferings that he went through? Can the head suffer a blow and the body be so disconnected that they don't feel it? Uh. Jesus is the head of the church. How can we expect that the church, which is his body, will escape the suffering that is assigned to the head? Think about it. Is the head one with the body? Is the church one with its Lord Jesus Christ? Did we think that we would get past it if we are one with Jesus Christ? Right? The church will suffer. The church will suffer reproach, rejection, hostility, hatred, denial, betrayal, all of the above. These are spoken as the sufferings of Christ because he endured them when he was on earth. And so will we have to endure them. And because he still endures them, is he not connected to his church now? Right? So when the members of his body experience pain, guess what? Christ goes through that pain with us. He is in all of our afflictions. When we are afflicted, he is afflicted. When you're suffering with what you're going through, Christ is there with you. I will never leave you nor forsake you. Not just in your problems as far as what you're going through, but also because he's connected to what you're dealing with. You're not alone. Amen? Thank you, Lord, for that. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Matthew 5, 11 and 12. Stay in this version, King James. Blessed are you when men shall revile you and persecute you and shall say all manner of evil against you falsely for my sake. Rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. For... So persecuted they the prophets which were before you. Think about it. I have a word of the Lord. Stone them. <laughs> I have something that God wants to tell you. I don't want to hear it. I want to live holy. We don't. <laughs> I want this promotion. You're not in the clique. Huh? You know that one? I want to I be like y'all. You're not like us. We can tell. So we ain't going to give you no money. You're fired. Right? You just can't fit in no more. You're not in the system. They push you out. Persecution. Why? For Christ's sake. I need to add this. Your persecution should not be for your sake. 
Pastor Rick always says, some of, some of us suffer because of things we've done. You're dealing with hurt and pain because of things that you've done. Not necessarily the same thing as suffering for the sake of Christ. Amen? But when you suffer for Christ's sake, he says, rejoice and be exceeding glad, for great is your reward in heaven. What is he saying? There are some things that are coming. Amen? This refers to a deep spiritual joy that is unhindered and unchanged by what happens in this present life. You can get rocked. You can take a punch. You may go down. But the promises of God are true, and they will lift you up. Amen? Amen. A person with righteous character can rejoice and be glad because great is your reward in heaven. The rewards of heaven and the paradise that awaits us are far greater than any pain you can experience here. So, Pastor, you told us this before. This is not new. You've preached this before. Why are we here again? Because it's in the epistles, and this is what God is trying to say, not only to the churches that were specifically named by that letter, but to you and me too. Amen? So are you basically saying, Pastor, just suck it up and die? Suffer and die? Deal with it? Is there more to it than that? Turn to 2 Corinthians, the first chapter. Starting at verse 3. Give me the living translation, yes. The subtitle here is God offers comfort to all. God is our comfort in times of suffering, amen? God offers comfort to all. The word of God reads, help me, Lord. All praise to God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. God is our merciful Father and the source of all comfort. If you need help while you're suffering, make sure you're going to the right source. Amen? You will be disappointed trying to be comforted from people all the time. They will not always be available. You will be disappointed and your expert, you can have a broken heart thinking you're going to be encouraged and comforted by people. People are flaky. That's all they know how to do. They're not Jesus. So he's saying, God is the source of all comfort. When you're going through, make sure you're plugging in to God because that's the only place you're going to be filled up and not be disappointed. Amen? Amen. He comforts us all in all, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. So you're going through so that somebody else, when they're going through, they can be comforted by you. Why? Because you're plugged into the comfort source. <laughs> Why? So, so when, when you're dealing with situations and pain and heartache and brokenheartedness and, you know,
your expectation has, has, has not been met and you're kind of disappointed in what's happened, happened and you don't know how God is going to make it, you know, come to pass or the thing you've been praying for, you don't see how it's going to happen. You don't know how you're going to make it. What I'm trying to tell you is that somebody else has gone down this road before you and they can give you comfort from God because they've been comforted before. So the things that we go through will help others. We go through troubles. Why? Because yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I shall fear no evil. Why? Because you are with me. And then I go and tell somebody else, you're going to make it. Why? Because God has been with me. He's going to be with you. Are you hearing me? So that we can comfort others. Amen. We comfort others. When they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort. Amen. God has given us the same power source that helped you get through your trial is being used to help someone else get through their trial. Oakland translation is this. You can't help nobody in your own power. Amen? You can't do it. The comfort comes from God. You don't know, Pastor, what I'm going through. You don't know what's happening to my family. You don't know what I've been dealing with. You don't know. Somebody knows. Somebody been through that. Amen? Amen? And they're hooked up to the power source. He's saying that basically what's happening is we go through troubles, and he comforts us in all of our troubles so we can comfort others. For the more we suffer... For Christ, the more God will shower us with his comfort through Christ. What are you saying, Pastor? Don't miss this. This is a promise from God. I'm going through pain. I'm going through issues. God guarantees that when you suffer for his sake, he promises that he will give you the comfort you need to get through it. Amen? You get knocked down and take a punch for the, for the sake of Christ, God releases power to get you back on your feet again. He's basically saying that there's no situation that you will go through where he has not already ordered the power, the strength, the comfort, huh, to encourage you to get back on your feet again. It's coming. You can expect it. It's a promise. I'm going through right now. I'm certain right. I don't see it right now, but he's coming. Uh, I'm going through right now. This looks really bad right now. I don't, I don't see where he's operating, but I know he's here. I don't know how I'm going to make it. I don't, this doesn't make any sense to me, but I am, I am guaranteed a promise that when I suffer for the sake of Christ, God is going to bring the comfort that I need. It's already been ordered. It's a promise. Amen? It's a promise. Amen. Somebody's getting it. God releases the power to get you back on your feet. Verse 6, even when we are weighed down with troubles, it is for your comfort and salvation. He's saying the apostles were hit with all kinds of stuff. And we're going to see exactly what he's talking about in a minute. But that word comfort there. It is for your comfort. It is for your encouragement. Sometimes we get discouraged. It is for your comfort. It is for your salvation. He's not talking about salvation as far as being saved by, righteous, by the righteousness of Jesus Christ here. He's talking about being delivered here. That word salvation is talking about deliverance. 
The reason that if God could give comfort to Paul, if God could give grace for them to suffer, then he can give grace for you and I to suffer. I think of Paul sometimes in his loneliness, and yet he is encouraging others. Even when he was weighed down, he had a gift to get back on his feet and say, you know what, I'm going through something, but I I have (laughs) some, some comfort in me because God has comforted me, and so I can comfort you with what you're going through. Amen. No matter what my situation is, God, if you see me make it, then God is telling you you can make it. Are you hearing me? Huh? So we draw strength from those who have gone before us, who have been through all kinds of stuff, who've been through hell and high water with God, and seeing them come out. And then God says, you know, listen, notice what I did for them. What you think I'm going to do for you if you're in the same body? Are you hearing me, saints? Are you hearing me? Ah. For when we ourselves are comforted, we will certainly comfort you. Then you can patiently endure the same things we suffer. Wow. Verse 7, we are confident that as you share in our sufferings, you will also share in the comfort God gives. Only those who have gone through losing a child can understand when somebody else loses a child. A father or a mother that's lost their one and only baby. God said, you know, I'm taking this one with me. And there's all kinds of questions. There's all kind of hurt. There's all kind of pain. You don't understand why God has allowed that. You're suffering. And here comes a saint alongside you. Who says, I know what that feels like. I've been there. And in your time of, of your, when you get hit immediately, you don't really know how to catch your bearings. You ever been knocked off where you can't get your balance? Spiritually, you're just kind of like, Woo! So God will send a saint <laughs> who knows what it's like to bend but not break. Ah, who knows what it's like to be crushed but not destroyed. Oh! When you're going through, say, I recognize that I've seen that. Let me tell you, God can bring you through that. You just hold on. You just trust God. He sees it. I'm here with you. I'm walking with you. I'm, I'm, in, I'm in here with you. Hallelujah. It may not be from the person you expect, but God knows. He knows what you need. He's there. Because that kind of pain, that kind of hurt, that kind of sorrow, everybody else can tell you, oh, you're going to be all right. And you're sitting up there looking like, you don't know what I'm going through. But when you see somebody who's walked in your shoes and God has brought them out, then you go, whoa, wait a minute now. There's a way out. There's a way out. He said the same things we suffer. Then you can patiently endure the same things that we suffer. Why? Because that person is hooked up to the source, and he's telling you, or she's telling you, what that source is. That source is Jesus Christ. Amen? Then he says this. 
Because see, some situations are about people, you know, doing you in, and some things is just life. Some things is just, you know, I, I'm, I'm walking through some challenges right now, and I've been through some things in my past, and this is a really, 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 really tough season for me. It just is, you know? And I'm, I'm, I'm dealing with some pain and some hurt. And sometimes it's persecution from people, but sometimes it's like, you know, Lord, what, are you watching my life? <laughs> you know, <laughs> over here, God. <laughs> you know, it's Jamie. Remember me? Little drummer boy, pastor, you know. You forgot about me? I'm going through some stuff here. Well, verse 8 says this. We think you ought to know. Dear brothers and sisters, this is Paul and his buddy saying, we want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, about the trouble we went through in the province of Asia. He says, we were crushed. Wow. We were overwhelmed. Notice this word, beyond. Beyond our ability to endure. We were crushed, overwhelmed. I ain't got enough hands to carry all this. I'm short here. Beyond our ability to endure. I don't have the power to keep going. I'm, I'm at my wit's end. I'm, <laughs> I'm dried up. Are you hearing what I'm saying? And we thought we would never live through it. Now, what I want you to recognize, saints, here is who's talking. These are, there are things in life that God will allow that you would just not know how to handle. There, there are things that God will allow you to go through that will bring you to your knees. Come on, somebody. Now think about it this way. This is the Apostle Paul talking. This man saw Jesus on the road to Damascus. He's not missing any faith here. Are you hearing me? It's not like he doesn't know God. He had an experience with Christ that few people will ever have. His faith was on another level. His obedience to God was consistent. He was working harder than all the other disciples at evangelizing the world. And yet Paul and his partners in the gospel are facing trials and overwhelming situations that are just completely crushing and they're beyond their ability to endure. In fact, verse 9 says, in fact, we expected to die. So you're saying, Paul, that if someone had come up to you and said, Paul, y'all gonna make it? He would have said No. This is it. It's over. I can't take no more. This is beyond me. That's what he's saying. We're going to die. <laughs> this is Apostle Paul talking. This is Apostle. He can preach to you or someone can die and fall out the window. He can raise them from the dead. Same guy. Are you hearing me? It's beyond him. He said, in fact, we expected to die. This little phrase right here messed me up. But as a result. Whoop, stop. Stop. 
get this people help me Holy Spirit don't miss this there's a reason for a trial no there's a reason for what you're going through he said I thought we were going to die but as a result there's a reason for the sickness there's a reason for the pain there's a reason for the loneliness there's a reason for the betrayal there's a reason for the hurt there's a reason for the heartache result God will not allow suffering to take place unless he has a plan saints he will not allow suffering to take place unless he has a plan the reason the result of the suffering is what we stopped relying on ourselves and we learn to rely on God God will not put more on me than, 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 than we put more on you than you can bear that's a lie he will put more on you than you can bear so you learn that you can't trust yourself that you can't rely on yourself that you can't help yourself that, that everybody else can't help you he brings you to your knees so you understand that ain't nobody gonna help me in this situation but God stop relying on you you will never experience the comfort of God if you're too preoccupied trying to deliver yourself. You will never experience the comfort of God if you're too preoccupied trying to deliver yourself. Why is all this happening to me, God? Why me? Why me? What's going on? Why won't things, when is this going to work out? I've been trusting you. I've been faithful. I've been trying. When are things going to turn around? Why me? What's happening? Because God desires to break you from your inferior methods of deliverance. He wants you to experience his superior power. That's the reason why. Which can only happen when you exhaust yourself of all your strength. So what does he allow you to do? He allows you to wear yourself out. To the point to where you go, okay God. If you don't do it, it can't be done. I'm not going to make it. So I'm, I'm on my back. I'm calling on you. I'm flat on my back. I can't, I can't fight no more. I need the Lord. What's the problem? We have to get out of the way in order to see his power. Oh, why am I going through all this, Lord? So you can understand and know how to let go and trust the Lord. It's only human to try to save yourself. But to wait on the Lord is divine. Amen? He says, we stop relying on ourselves and learn to trust, I mean to rely only on God. Comma who raises the dead. How many Christians are walking around suffering with resurrection power hovering over their heads? Huh? While at the same time blocking themselves from the access to that power because we're placing faith in ourselves and not in God. Uh, faith in our own methods. God can raise the dead and we're <laughs> trying to save ourselves so what happens 
in that situation, God has no other choice but to allow some things to come through. I explained this to you before. The reason why there is no chaos, absolute chaos, is because God is standing in the way of it. In the beginning, there was nothing. Darkness, chaos, zilch, nada, no order. God spoke, let there be light. Now there is order. The only reason why we have any kind of order in this world is because of God. So what happens? When we need to learn how to trust him more, and he sees Jamie and the other Christians working, their, working out their own deliverance, <laughs> what does he do? He just says, oh, they ain't tired yet. Go ahead. <laughs> he lets in a little bit of trouble. Oh, they ain't tired yet. Go ahead. Let's in a little, why is this happening to me, God? Because you ain't through yet. You ain't done yet. You're not completely exhausted of all your strength. The reason why the trouble, the result was so that we would learn how to rely only on God. Are you hearing me? Uh, verse 10. Verse 10. He said, we were in trouble. We were in danger. Huh? We expected to die. And then verse 10 says, and he did rescue us from mortal danger. <laughs> and he will rescue us again. Amen. We have placed, what's the result? We have placed our confidence in who? In him. And he will, love this word, continue to rescue us. He will do it again and again and again and again. I don't know about you, but last time you were where you were, what happened? How did you make it through? What happened? God came through again and again. I don't know how I'm going to make it. Look back at your story. What did the Lord do for you last time? He came through again and again and again. Every time I get my back up against the wall, well, he, he keeps on blessing me. He keeps on coming through. He is faithful. He will deliver. Come on, somebody. Again and again and again. So what I'm saying as I'm preaching to myself this morning, expect the encouragement. Expect the comfort. Expect the suffering. Expect the comfort and encouragement with the suffering. Amen? Expect that with the suffering, the power of God will come to help you to press through it. And this will happen until the day we finally leave this dump that we've been stuck on temporarily for all these years. The promises of God is that there will be suffering because we will participate with Jesus in his suffering. Why? He is the head. We are the body. There is no disconnect. We must go through. Amen? We fill up what is lacking, not because there was something lacking in his promise of salvation, but because there's still suffering to go through. And I'll tell you why, even more specifically next week, it has everything to do with the gospel. Amen? But we go through, and as we're suffering... The encouragement comes. So we should not divorce this from the context, as I said before. The Apostle Paul just got through exalting 
Christ. So when you suffer, the message is not lean on yourself. The message is lean on Jesus. Amen? Amen. Last verse and I'm done. Verse 11. And you are helping us by praying for us. Then many people will give thanks because God has graciously answered so many prayers for our safety. We get to partner with God in prayer for one another. Amen? So the comfort comes from God and the comfort comes from God's people. Amen? Amen? We partner with God and God receives all the credit, all the glory because he deserves it. Amen? Amen? Verse 4, back to verse 4. He says, he comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort others. That's what it goes along with. Amen? The prayers and the actual help and the the love and the encouragement. And when they are troubled, we will be able to give them the same comfort God has given us. Here's the application. Yesterday was a funeral for Mother Octavia. And it was very different we, for those of us that were there. Um, and we could see some obvious things. That was like, okay, all right, all right, you there. A new experience for us, right? Um, but what you did not see, that only a few people see it, saw it, and they were here. They're here this morning, and I want to say thank you to them. Um, but eventually they asked me to go out and make a procession with the priest and the young man, Pastor uh, Edgerly Adam, that spoke before me. He did such a wonderful job. Um, uh, we were back there waiting to walk up. And um, I was having a hard time. You know, I, I, God has given me an ability to be tough in some areas. And I, I take the punch, boom, and you won't, you won't see me flinch. It takes time for the punch to be felt for me. And I think that's something that happens with pastors and leaders. You know, you get hit. And then six months later, you feel it, <laughs> you know, you know, because there's things to do, <laughs> you know, mamas, you know, you get hit. We've got to feed these kids, you know, you know what I'm saying? There's things to do, you know. Um, but I was having a hard time because every time someone dies from love center, especially, and I have to do the eulogy, or I get the honor, should I say, of doing the eulogy. Um, it feels like I'm suffering two different funerals at the same time. You know? Because I cannot divorce the people from the history. You know? So I go back to Pastor Tom and, you know, Mother Octavia. I was there. You know, I was there. And I remember Dad talking with them and, you know, so it's like, it's like going through that all over again. They were part of my dad's church. And so it's like, I have a funeral for Mother Ice, I mean, for, for Mother Octavia, and I have a funeral for Bishop Hawkins. And then there is no black church you can go to, but they don't sing his song at a funeral. 
you know? And then people come up to me and say, I'm a big fan of your family and yada, yada, yada. And, and I go through all of that and then got to preach. So I was back there in the back going through it, looking up at that picture, getting ready to walk down now with the priest. And Rick was there and Geneva were there because, you know, they come to their funerals late. <laughs> <laughs> We had been there. <laughs> so Rick comes in, and he sees me, and he's like, hey, Pastor, and he's about to walk up, and then Geneva, you know, is about to walk up, but they kind of pause for a minute because they notice, okay, wait, wait, we want to interrupt something, right? You know, and so they pause for a minute, and I just broke down. I just fell apart back there. And Sister Geneva, I could feel her rubbing my back, you know? And then Pastor Rick put his hand on the shoulder, and they started praying, and I could feel in my time of suffering. You know, the church. Huh? What are you saying, Pastor? We go through it together. And while I was back there crying, and Pastor, Pastor Edgerly, he eventually looked at me. He, he, he put his hand on my other shoulder. And so I'm being held up. <laughs> By the church. You know? You know, and what I'm saying is, is there was sympathy, there was, you know, there was, there was encouragement, just in a touch, people. The body was there. The church is there. And wherever the body is, wherever the church is, Christ is there. Are you seeing the picture I'm painting to you? You know, and then I go to the repast, and the repast is right across the street from where Uncle Evelyn used to live. And I just said, oh. I was just like, you know, I just, oh, okay, it's going to be that kind of day today. And then Keith comes, and he sits next to me. I'm sitting on the stairs, truck with my back turned, I don't want to look. Because this stuff is still painful to me. You know what I mean? It's a little different for me than some other folks. I don't say I'm special, but it's a little different for me. I don't get a chance to grieve like everybody because when you have a famous parent or a famous auntie, a famous uncle, it's just a little different, you know? And so I'm there, and I'm, I'm, I'm in pain a little bit. I'm kind of struggling thinking about my, oh, hey, I be their uncle, <laughs> you know? Keith just sits there, and he's just talking with me, you know? Jesus is there. What I'm saying is that when we go through, God gives us comfort in our suffering. Then the application for us, as it says in the Word, is when we suffer, huh? We take that same comfort that we've been comforted with, and we give that comfort to the others, right? And that's an extension of the hands of Jesus. That's Jesus rubbing your back and saying, "That's okay, baby. You're gonna go through it. You can't get past it. But I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm here. I'm, here. I'm done. God bless you." 